I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. Hello, my name is David Sheldon. Welcome to Brighton Road Baptist Church and to our service today. Whether you're a regular member of our congregation or you've found us online, it's good to have you with us as we worship our God and King together. Along with David, when he wrote the psalm that Bob has just read to us, we want to declare the greatness of God, to tell of his mighty acts and proclaim his great deeds to celebrate his abundant goodness and joyfully sing of his righteousness. And so let's do that as we sing our first hymn together. O worship the King, all glorious above. O tell of his might, O sing of his grace. Our maker, defender, redeemer and friend.
Let's pray together. Sovereign Lord, who is there like you in heaven and on the earth? There is no one that even comes close. You alone are worthy of our praise. And so we come to worship you, to praise your name, to proclaim your power and glory, to retell the stories of your goodness, to sing of your righteousness, to remember your mercy and compassionate love, to affirm again that you are our God and that we are your people. Open our eyes to your presence among us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Open our hearts and minds to hear your voice, to recognise your call and to follow faithfully wherever you lead. To you alone, Sovereign Lord, belongs all glory and honour and praise, now and to the end of time. Amen. And our next song reminds us that he is our creator, deliverer, redeemer, healer, provider, shepherd, guide, and above all, our Lord.
we were reminded in Psalm 145 that the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love, that he is good to all and has compassion on all he has made. So let's pray again as we confess the things that we've done wrong. O oh Lord, you have given us a world of beauty and we have spoilt it. A world to feed us and yet so many go hungry. A world of riches that we are unwilling to share. A world to care for yet we think only of ourselves. God of glory, we confess that we have not sought your face. We have ignored the needs of the poor and turned away from those who need you most. We allow the gospel to go stale and hide the light you have given us. Forgive us, gracious God, for those times when your heart is saddened by our selfishness. For those times when we've had no thought for others and no cares but our own. Enable us to see this world anew as a gift from you, to be shared and nurtured. By the renewing gifts of your spirit, inspire and empower us again to show the wonder of your love in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And so, having confessed our wrongdoing, let's ask God to guide us and nurture us as we sing our next hymn.
Stories of the Bible. Jesus feeds the 5,000. This is Jesus. hey Who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love. He did many miracles and healed people of their sickness. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. A crowd started to gather around Jesus. There were 5,000 men and many more women and children. Turning to Philip, he asked, Hey, Philip! Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? You see, Jesus was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. Um. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Hey, I got an idea. Then Andrew spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Jesus said, tell everyone to sit down. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and gave them to the people. There you go. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. Want some more? I'm all good, thanks. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers, so that nothing is wasted. You guy. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves and two fish. In preparing for this week's service, I was reminded of the sermon that David Coffey preached at our church anniversary last year. I won't repeat the sermon here, but it's well worth listening to again on the podcast. You may remember that he asked us what challenge God was putting in front of us as individuals and as a church, and to consider how we might respond. Would we try to say that we didn't have the resources, that we couldn't possibly step up to meet the challenge? Like the boy in the story, would we simply offer him our packed lunch and allow him to use it to more than meet the challenge? It occurs to me that some of Satan's greatest lies are, you're not good enough. What you have is nowhere near enough. Don't even think about it. Just give up right now. At least, those are some of the things I struggle with. When listening to David last year, we had no idea that a year later we'd be in the midst of a global pandemic that would challenge the way we do church and give us some difficult decisions to make about the future. I pray that together we might be able to set aside Satan's lies and offer God what we have to be used by him in meeting the needs around us. Two people who've been willing to offer God what they have for him to use as he wants are Peter and Louise Lynch, working in Bangladesh. And they can testify how God has been able to use them, as you'll see from this video. 
Good morning, Horsham Baptist Church. Uh, we're Pete and Lou, uh, and we are your BMS Link missionaries out here in Dhaka in Bangladesh. Uh, we're speaking to you from our roof in the middle of the city. You can probably hear some of the, the sights. Uh, well, you can't hear sights, can you? You can probably see some of the sights and hear some of the sounds. Uh, and we're right next to where our main office is with our partner, the Bangladesh Baptist Church, Shonga. So three weeks ago, if we'd filmed it then, you would have heard no sound of horns because we were in total lockdown. Uh, that has since been lifted and life has gone back to normal although the infection rate uh, it continues to go up here in Bangladesh. The lockdown caused huge hardship for people here and we're really grateful to BMS that they helped raise support so that uh, the Baptist Church Shongo, who we work with, were able to uh, help families who had run out of food and were facing really dire circumstances. Um, normally, when there isn't lockdown, we're out and about, we're training people, we're getting involved with local leaders, we're preaching, we're speaking, we're sharing God's love. Uh, around the country and one of the pictures we've got in front of you uh, shows a time when we were in the hill tracks and helping young people work out how to share the gospel in their own language and how they would then take that to their friends and neighbours. But like all of you for us that has stopped and now we are working over Zoom. We're doing leadership development via Zoom, uh, mentoring some people, uh, running some Zoom meetings and even managed to gather together pastors via Zoom and start talking about some of the child protection risks that have emerged uh, since lockdown began. So we're working in a new way uh, with our partners but still desperate to show God's love to people and to share his message with people. I could tell you a quick story about a, a couple, uh, evangelist couple that BMS helped to support who work up in the northeast of the country. Uh, they're called Fabian and Ruth and, and they're working on church planting uh, up there in the northeast. Just before all this happened with Covid then we'd spent quite a bit of time up there uh, helping them to install some toilets and tube wells, tube wells in, in the poor communities where people are living with, with really serious deprivation. And, uh, and as part of that programme we did some wash training on, on basic hygiene, sanitation. And we look back now and thinking about what we were able to give and, and are just grateful to God that we had that opportunity before this hit to get those, that water supply in place to get those toilets in place and we got a, a letter last week uh, from Fabian and Ruth telling us about some of the impact that, that doing that work has had both in terms of, of the well-being of the community but, but also in just broadening their vision that, that when we share the gospel in communities where people are poor we're not just preaching to them but in positive ways and in our actions we're able to demonstrate the gospel and the fact that we're we're standing alongside people so the work that you've supported uh, through us and from BMS uh, is having an impact in people's lives both before this Covid crisis and and still now we'd really like it if you could carry on praying for us we know that you have been and we know the benefit of that prayer if you could continue to pray for us that we will stay well and that we will have the wisdom to know how to live in these times. Please pray for the leaders as they decide how to best lead their church, how to spiritually look after people. There's a huge amount of anxiety about people's mental well-being and we would really like God's grace and his love to 
to be reaching out across this country in the Christian community um, and across the nation and, and to spare the people. There's a lot of fear here because the infection rate and death rate is rising and that lockdown has seemed to have stopped and we just pray that God will have mercy on, on these people. So please carry on praying for Bangladesh, for the Christians here uh, and for us. Thank you. Thank you. We hope to see you in person soon when we can uh, come back on a full home assignment. But God bless you and thanks for your support. Bye. Today I'll be bringing us our intercession prayers. Let us pray. Father, we pray for Peter and Louise Lynch out in Bangladesh and the imperative work that they are doing there. We ask you for your protection over their health whilst they help the community in practical ways. We ask also for their spiritual nourishment in bringing people into your loving arms, offering God's love when people are facing great hardship. We praise you for their resilience and willingness to be your beacons of light through difficult times, sharing their love of you and ultimately your hope and promise. Jesus healed and fed when up against impossible circumstances. We pray for countries across the world where the coronavirus is putting on an even greater strain on its people who are already starving. We pray, Lord, for the people of Yemen, India and Africa who each day are battling just to stay alive, dealing not only with just coronavirus, but environmental and political changes. We pray that the aid can get through to the people who need it most. We ask you for protection on medical and aid workers who find themselves in unimaginable situations. Without equipment and vital supplies, give them strength, Lord. Father, we pray as people start to travel again that this does not cause the virus to increase and spread to un uncontrollable rates. We ask that the quarantines that are applied are stuck to by all travellers and for us to realise that these restrictions are not for our annoyance but for safety of your world. We pray that our track and trace methods are effective and ultimately a vaccine will become available soon. We praise you for the exceptional scientists and lab workers that are producing at remarkable rates. Lord, we come before you today, different to the people we were before the coronavirus outbreak, all facing significant changes in our lives. We all face uncertainty. This can put a huge strain on our mental well-being and we can become fearful of the days ahead. When we look at each other, it can be difficult to see the anxieties that each other is carrying. We ask you to let us recognise in our own church family when we need to help each other. Let our love have no boundaries when reaching out to those who need it most. Many people have problems with job security Company owners carry not just uncertainty for their own future, but the responsibility for employees and their families. We pray that people know that although their financial status may change, God's love never does. Some people may feel hopeless and lost 
and that there is no way ahead. Help us to recognise people that may be on the verge of breaking. Just in recent weeks, we have had a suicide and missing persons in our area. We may not always have the practical means to help, but we can always offer support and reassurance that God will love you as you are. You just need to reach out to him. I pray for our children and young people who have had their lives shaken and changed far beyond imaginable. Many young people are feeling everything good they had has been taken away, causing dark thoughts. Many vulnerable young people have had their support networks dismantled, without groups and safe centres not open. Help us as adults to offer reassurance and guidance as to how to keep praising God through all difficult circumstances. We remember those who are medically vulnerable as they adjust to lockdown lifting and that people can access the care and treatment that they desperately need. We lift these people up to you to calm their fears and rest in the certainty of your presence in their lives, Lord. You calm the waters for us. We just need to have you close in our heart. Although our futures are uncertain, Lord, you are our constant provider in times of need. Thank you for helping us to recognise through these difficult times what is important. That the quantity of stuff we do is not what nourishes the soul, but our love we put into it. In Christ alone, our hope is found. We thank you that although we're not all together in a physical sense, we are still connected and working towards the one mission of sharing you with the world. For the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The reading is taken from St Matthew chapter 14 verses 13 to 21. Jesus feeds the 5,000. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about five thousand men, besides women and children. Thanks be to God.
The story today is one of those that we think we know really well. The feeding of the 5,000, the classic uh, Sunday school story about Jesus uh, sharing loaves and fishes uh, and working that incredible miracle that enabled him to feed 5,000 people. But the verse that we are looking at and diving into this morning is not that whole story. It's not the broad sweep, but it's actually just one little tiny bit. Matthew 14 verse 16. Um, That actually turns our conventional thinking about this passage on its head and I think gives us a really timely message about how we see God's provision and how we enjoy and use the resources that he has to give us. Before we dive into that, I want to just think a little bit about bread and the special place of bread in scripture. We see the story of bread time and time again, all the way through scripture, and we know that bread is something special we know that when God provides bread he's showing his love and his care and his support and his provision for his people. You'll remember the um, in the desert the people of Israel when after they left Egypt were provided with manna, manna from heaven that came equal to their needs daily given and that throughout the the Jewish rituals particularly in the in the Shabbat meal that bread has a really special place and remembering in the bread God's provision is so important that every time God gave bread to his people he was saying I am a God who provides and I am a God who can be trusted to provide and this word the lamak the bread the manna the provision this concept of everything that we need God provides is wrapped up in the bread as a symbol um, that goes right the way through the Shabbat meal as I said and into Jewish culture and we see it actually appearing again in our own uh, communion service that comes from the ritual that Jesus shared with his disciples when he again said this is the bread this is my provision this is God's provision I am God's provision for you so we understand that when we see bread it says something important uh, about how God resources his people and provides for his people and something about the relationship between God and his people that he can be trusted to provide. God promises to give us bread daily and we are taught to pray, aren't we? Give us today our daily bread. This relationship where we trust and God provides and God provides and we trust just like breathing in and breathing out everything God says that you need, I will provide. And Jesus is we know the bread of life so even in Jesus that provision that ultimate expression of God's provision right there in the bread we know that bread is something special and we know that when we come hungry to God he will provide for our needs just like those Israelites in the desert every day new every morning his mercy his grace his provision everything we need in the person of Jesus, God provides this bread that sustains us. So in the reading, in the feeding of the 5,000, we kind of feel like we know where that's going, the people come, the people are hungry, 
and the bread comes and the bread is uh, miraculously multiplied to feed the multitude and all are satisfied and there are basketfuls left over. But let's look a little bit deeper at what actually is happening here. Notice how Jesus uh, constantly pushes us just that little bit further to go beyond where we are comfortable and perhaps surprises us in terms of what we are expecting. And even in a story that we're so familiar with where we think we know what we're expecting as we come to this story, still I think we can be surprised because as I've described it, we think and we expect that this is the story where the people come hungry, and Jesus provides but that's not quite what happens let's have a look um, first of all notice the context so just before uh, in verse 12 in chapter 14 uh, we have read about the death of John the Baptist remember Jesus uh, and cousin really close to him so Jesus has just learned about the death and the gruesome and horrible death of his cousin and he's tried to withdraw to be by himself and to take that moment of solitude that you could uh, expect that he would need after receiving news like that but the crowds know that he's there. The crowds come because they are hungry for um, his teaching and for his presence and a large crowd gathers. And so he has compassion on them, we read in uh, 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 verse 14. He has compassion on them and he heals the sick. And then as evening approaches, they are lingering. They're kind of hanging around. You may have had that experience. You uh, are with some people. Maybe they've come for a quick visit and then they kind of hang around and you get to the point of the day where we're wondering how are these hungry people going to be fed and how is Jesus going to be able to meet not just their spiritual and physical needs, but their, their hunger as well. Uh, so as evening approached in verse 15, the disciples come to Jesus and say, this is a remote place, it's already getting late, send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. And this is where in our memory of this story, Jesus intervenes and he uh, distributes the bread uh, and the miracle happens and the people are fed. But that's not quite what happens look really closely at chapter 14 verse 16 jesus replied they do not need to go away you give them something to eat and in that challenge in that instruction that jesus gives his disciples you give them something to eat jesus is challenging us I believe today to think about how do we consider our own resources. Jesus says you do it, you give them something to eat. Now the disciples reaction is really interesting and I think the disciples reaction is actually quite similar to our own reaction. Um, there we look at um, verse uh, 17 they say but we only have five loaves of bread and and two fish and Jesus says come on bring them to me let me show you how we do this and then of course he blesses them and he multiplies them and he distributes them but notice the sequence notice that first of all Jesus says you give them something to eat Jesus is uh, he believes that the disciples are capable of doing this themselves 
and notice the disciples reaction when they come and they say to Jesus but we don't have enough look we only have this and Jesus says to them it is sufficient let me show you how and I think we need to learn from this that Jesus expects us to um, be able to take action when we see need and he expects us to understand the connection that we have with him this re this this relationship where we trust and he provides and he provides and we trust and how there should be an overflow from this relationship where there is enough not just for us but for all of those around us in our communities and in our families and in our society one of the strangest things I ever heard was of a couple who were planning not to have any children because they felt that there was only so much love to go around and they felt that if they had children there might be less love available in the relationship for each other and this seemed to me a really strange idea because we know actually that when you love you have capacity to love more and with every new child there is a capacity to love more. But often we think of our resources in earthly terms when we should be thinking of them in these spiritual terms. We think we only have finite resources and we have to hold really closely to them because the more we give away, the less we will have for ourselves. But this is earthly thinking. This is not kingdom thinking. God teaches us that the more we give, the more we have to give. And this is how God works. He provides and we trust and we trust and he provides and here in this moment in this exchange in this story this is what Jesus is teaching his disciples he says you can do it you can provide you can meet the needs of all these people and the disciples look and they are see their limitations they calculate it in an earthly way and they say but we only have this much we only have these few loaves and these few uh, fish and yet Jesus shows them that you give thanks and you give and you see that God's resources are beyond earthly measure. God's resources are always sufficient. His presence is always enough. His grace meets us and exceeds our expectations and fulfills every longing that we have. If only we would open our eyes and rely on him. And what else does this tell us about God's resources? It tells us that God's resources are available to those who trust him. Jesus, it's as if he's saying to the disciples, you have the same access to all the resources of the Father that I do. If only you'd open your eyes and you'd see it. If only you ask, you have access to all these resources. You can do this. He's not saying, I have to do it. He's not saying that I have some magic words. He's showing them and teaching them and training them and helping them to see and understand that the resources of the Father are infinite and sufficient and that those disciples have access to that full and sufficient and infinite set of resources. We read in scripture, I think it's David that talks about, he says, my father is the king and he owns all the sheep in all the fields on all the hills. Everything is his. The earth is his. Everything in it is his. But yet we sometimes make our image of God so small that we don't trust him to provide everything that we need. So God's infinite resources 
are available to each of us, but not just to satisfy our own selfish needs, not just so that we can have what we need and God promises that he will meet our need, but that there can be an overflow, that on behalf of others, we can petition God, we can ask for his resources to be made available to those who are in need around us, just like those disciples. They spotted the need, their instinct was to be too aware of their own limitations and to send the people away and they learn from Jesus no these people can stay and these people's needs can be met and that you can meet the needs of these people that God can work directly through his disciples that's us to meet the needs of the people around him and particularly the people that come to Jesus and what a privilege that these people who come to Jesus seeking healing and wholeness and teaching, um, yes, God can meet their needs directly, but we see here this picture of the disciples being part of that service, part of the hospitality team, if you like, in the in the kind of uh, loaves and fishes restaurant that Jesus has created here on a kind of impromptu pop-up uh, venue. And I think that's the image here, isn't it? That everything comes from God, but it's not an image of God meeting the needs of individuals on an individual basis, although of course he does that, but that the church, that God's body, God's people, have a role to play in uh, serving his provision lovingly and lavishly to those in need and introducing those people that we see who are in need to the Father as we serve them. And I think here an image of maybe what church should be more like, a church who has a understanding of their own relationship and a, a, a closeness of relationship with Jesus that means they understand that they have this trust and provision relationship with Jesus that it's not locked down to only them but that there is an overflow there is a sufficiency that we can be generous we can give away as much as we receive confident in the knowledge that God will provide more and more every time we reach out and every time we meet a need we need not be worn down we need not be exhausted because God himself refreshes and revives and provides for the need around us so here is the invitation Jesus says this is my body it's broken for you and that's what he says to us and that's what he says to our family and to our friends and to our community so rather than feeling locked down what would it look like if we opened our eyes to the needs around us and opened our hearts to the generosity of God's provision in all things and realised that, that actually we have a role to play in making the connection between that need that we perceive and the provision that God has ready and waiting. So let us pray. Lord God, I thank you that your grace is sufficient. I thank you that you are a generous God who loves to give good things to his children. And Lord, I thank you for the honour and for the privilege of being called to be part of your distribution mechanism. I pray, Lord, that we all would have open hearts and open eyes. Lord, that as we see need, that by your spirit, you would enable us to be the connection that 
opens the floodgates of heaven. Lord, that we would see your spirit, your grace, your presence flooding our homes and our families and our communities as we trust in you to provide. In Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians 3, verses 20 to 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.
Serve my God.